I'm pretty good at being able to see what actually is a win-win and what actually does get, as, I, as uh, Ian will laugh when he's listening, but what actually does get the plane landed yeah. with having killed as few, as few people as possible, right? Like that's the thing we used to say at the firm is like the plane is on fire, it's in the air, and it's our job to get it on the ground with as, many, as few casualties as possible. I can do that. I can do that. Every single individual has a story to tell, and they're great stories that need to be heard. I want every listener to know they have the ability to change the world. Welcome to the 1720 Podcast. What's up, Mount Movers? Welcome back to the 1720 Podcast. Dude, Dan Lombardo, like on fire for his purpose and so well-spoken and so much feedback. I know you got some. I got some regarding last week's episode and the impact and the inspiration all the things yeah i've i've said before you usually get all the feedback i don't know why maybe you're you're probably more approachable than i am it's the baldness <laughs> but, it's yeah. a bald thing i think but i had i had it this week too uh people just like really connected with the things he was saying some of the stories that like very raw stories that he told um and very sort of moved and engaged to, to reach out or, or folks who knew him are like man how awesome is dan i had a few of those too so um, yeah, man, it's it's funny how each episode impacts a different set of listeners in different ways, you know, because you go weeks without hearing from somebody and then it'll be like, boom, that one was amazing. Um, so that's, that's, you know, part of the, um, I guess part of the magic of having a real like wide uh, birth to our topics and our guests is we hit folks differently at different times. Yeah, and, uh, it's super important. The the faithful listeners that we have, man, Brian Lee, Gerald, mm-hmm. Fishy, uh, Roger, like getting that every single week. Like, hey, this one, like you could tell when one really hit, and this was this was a week where all of them reached out. You know, right, and right. and and for those guys, like, man, that's super important to us. It's the fuel to the fire. Our tank is still full from the hundredth episode celebration, but man, keep it coming uh, because I, I, that's that's our payment, really. Yeah, I've told the hundredth episode celebration fills the tank story one hundred times in the last two weeks. Like just how I still, I, you know, I don't know, ten days later, still look back at that day and was like, holy mackerel! Like if you if we needed any indication that what we were doing was moving the needle just a little bit for anybody, like that was it. And let's keep going. Let's keep doing this. So. Yeah, um, my it, one of my one of my sidebars because you and I, I mean, we were in shell shock the entire time, so <laughs> we didn't really even get a chance to talk, and we didn't get a chance to talk to a lot of people that were there. But right, Keon pulled me aside. He's like, "Look around this room. Like, if this room disappears, so does commercial construction. Like, yeah, think about that. Yeah, he's my always dad, the guy that helps me see things I'm not seeing. You know, my dad actually had that sort of like one million foot perspective. He was like. Who who are all these people? And I kind of talking to him, about, and he says, um, "Do they ever get together like on their own?" I was like, "Probably. I mean, maybe. Probably not, though." He's we like, can't pull off any five of them at the same time, let alone right. sixty. Yeah, right. So somehow, Fishy uh, and, and D Brad and the guys at Osborne like made the connection to get them all there um, in a way that was, you know, magnificent. So, but yeah, I think we probably talk about that moment for a few more weeks, just because. Uh, additional videos have rolled in, additional photos have rolled in, uh, pictures of the cake have rolled in. <laughs> That's right. That I, uh, It should have came in the box. I would have eaten it, collapsed. I told Fisher that. I was like, that cake looks so delicious. I would have eaten it with my fists, like just handfuls <laughs> of cake. I don't even care. 
Just uh, face full of cake. We need to post those this week. Uh, for those of you who don't know that story, you know, at our uh, celebration of 100 episodes a couple of weeks ago, there was a very nice cake. I mean, wedding cake-ish looking. Very, very nice, very fancy, very, very pretty cake uh, that effectively got turned into cake mush in the front of someone's truck on the way to the event. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then here's a funny too, is that uh, the firm sent Fisher an extra like, Three hundred or four hundred dollars worth of cupcakes over to Woodhouse. It's it, with a note that said something like, "Maybe you won't get these cakes all smushed up" or something like that. Oh, it's solid. <laughs> that was a pretty funny bit. Yeah, pretty. You funny. know what we need to do? Uh, we all for those that weren't there, they also gave us a gift, and I got a, a seventeen twenty hundredth episode wrestling belt, which is very fitting. Yes. And then you got a seventeen twenty basketball that uh, the people there signed. We got a. We got to get uh, a picture of that to put out there. We have the picture together, but like, uh, they're still wrapping on the belt. But like, I think oh. your mine's in the studio. If you could grab a picture and like up against the logo, and then get yours in your new office, yeah, uh, or or at home wherever it's at, uh, that'd be a good thing to post. Like in the middle of one of the weeks. Yep, I think I, I meant to bring it up here today. So I'm actually, be, you know, we'll talk about it in a second. But because I have a new office these days. Uh, all the AV and tech wasn't set up there to record. So I actually came up to the studio, even though we are remotely. And when I was headed this way, I got about 10 minutes away from the office. I was like, oh, man, because I'm since the belt's here, I think the the ball probably the basketball probably belongs here, too. So we'll find a way to display those uh, here in the studio. That'll be fun. Well, before we get into the meat of this episode, uh, there is a shout out to another faithful listener, Rod Valdez. Uh he has an attention to detail, as you've come to find out, Stewie. Yeah. And uh, yes, yes. He, ca- he caught a little something-something that uh, is uh, hysterical and baffling at the same time. And we're just going to keep it general for now. But uh, when he brought it to me, I uh, I laughed out loud. Yeah, he, he caught a very interesting nuance uh, throughout our the podcast uh, that I think he probably deserves – he probably deserves that C-note that you tried to get me to give to somebody for a picture on the internet the other day. <laughs> I didn't even know that you saw that because I just – I laid uh, out on it. Yeah, I'm not giving $100 out. for <laughs> Everybody <laughs> that comments. Everybody that commented on a picture. Yeah. Um, but Rod might win the $100 because that is – Deep attention to detail from a dedicated listener over a hundred episodes, or ninety nine crumpled up singles. Uh, that's what he needs. Yeah, he needs a, a ninety nine crumpled up singles to have to sort through and figure out what to do with at the bank when he tries to convince him it's a hundred dollars. So, just so straight to the ditch. Uh, as a wedding gift years back, I Uh-oh. gave a friend ninety nine crumpled up singles in a box. Uh huh knowing that he would recount it several times, thinking that he's off on a scout. <laughs> and it's always one short because it's one short. Yeah. We used to do that to a legal assistant I had in a, uh, at a prior firm where we would get together for Christmas and everybody would be like, okay, I'm going to chip in X $7. Like it was never, a, and then we would go down to the bank and just get like a stack of like ones, miscellaneous, just throw them in a box and be like, here. It was always a... a appropriately sized amount of money for a Christmas present for a legal assistant, but just like you, you would wrap it Oh, with other things. We would duct tape it like six or seven like layers of duct tape. So you couldn't get into it. And then when you did, it was just crumpled cash money on the inside. So I love it. You got to have yeah. fun with it, man. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So double, well, triple shout out to Rod. 
double, triple shout out to Rod. Uh, you can claim your, your gift by going down to Kevin's office. He has a, a surprise for you. <laughs> An assortment of gift cards that are typically <laughs> used for employee of the month. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All um, right. Well, we, we typically spotlight our guests, and you're coincidentally sitting in the guest chair of the studio today. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, I didn't think of yeah. that. Yeah, so you're going you're gonna to have the heat lamp on you today yep. uh, because there's there's a big announcement. You, uh, I'm only into chapter two of that novel of a LinkedIn post <laughs> you put out there, so I'll get through the rest of that story, but maybe this will be my spark notes, my cheat sheet, but uh, you had, a, you had a quite a shift in life lately, my man. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've been on the inside track of knowing that that was coming and helping me you know, think through it and process through it and everything. But, um, I guess one week ago today, I, I started, uh, my job as the chief legal officer for Osborne and it's the, the net result of, you know, Daniel's probably listening and he'll be like, that's not the right amount of time. But I feel like we've been generally talking about me coming over there for a couple of years. Um, and, when the conversation first started, I told Daniel, no, I was like, this is when you, when it's time for you to hire a lawyer, you know, because you guys have grown in a way that sort of necessitates or dictates that that's appropriate. I'll help you find somebody, right? Just tell me kind of what shoes you're thinking that this role will entail. And I know everybody, so I'll help you find the right person. And that conversation, you know, in and out, you know, kind of tossed on the table from time to time. What about this? Who would it be? You know, I think probably about a year ago, I told him no again. It was like, hey, I think it should be you. And I was like, no, I don't think you understand. You know, I'm, I work at the firm and, you know, I have, this is all charted out, headed in a particular direction. And all signs are pointing towards that the direction is going to be achieved in short order. It's, I'm not your guy. And and then, you know, the, the frequency of the conversation begins to increase. And uh, when we finally get down to, I'll just say brass tacks, I don't know what the right cliche is there about what um, they really need and what they were really looking for to get from uh, someone coming over there to be uh, their chief legal officer. It, it really had this like moment where I was like, that is actually me um, for a oh, man, a million reasons. In, in my novel that I posted on LinkedIn about <laughs> making a transition, um, you know, I, I sort of alluded to the Churchill quote that has been just rattling around in my mind for months and months and months. And I came to this point uh, in the conversation and in the, in the processing where I, I actually like, that's not just hokey me trying to put together a narrative that I posted. Like that's a million percent how I feel like this is something that is uniquely situated for me and my talents. And, uh, it, I, I feel thankful that, you know, we've I, long, long processed with Daniel. I'm, I'm thankful that the opportunity presented itself, but I think mostly I'm super excited about the idea that, uh, something that while I was at the firm, I loved doing, uh, a role that I had leaned into very heavily at the firm um, is precisely what uh, Daniel and the Osborne team have, have needed for some time. And so I, I have the ability to step in and do the things that I actually love doing as a lawyer, which is uh, looking down the road, identifying problems before they become problems, uh, helping uh, navigate clearly through whatever waters exist. And um, it's a, it's a skill set that I've developed over time because typically I'm, I'm the trial lawyer. I'm the, everything has already hit the fan. Let's go solve it in a way that's out of our control. And hey, go ahead. Well, I can vouch for the, the quote from Zach Vunderberg that stuck with you for so long. 
yeah. before you had it figured out too, which is cool. Like, like you said, front row seat, I've had a front row seat to it. There's two things, right? There's that. And then that, that moment with God, I think in the shower, like that, you, you like the presence of God and like both of those combined now are tethered together yeah. into this new opportunity. So it, it is really cool. And I could vouch for that post because I know it's authentic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've like shared that moment probably with many people. Right. But the, I mean, I can remember this moment in the morning I was getting ready and like, there's really only been two times in my life where I, 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 I re- I'm reluctant to say like, I audibly heard the voice of God, but like, I definitely felt like that in that moment that I was being told that I, I am being prepared for something greater than what I was doing. And in that moment, this was years ago, man, this was years ago. Uh, I, I thought I knew what that meant, right? Like I thought, Oh, okay. And here's what the next six months looks like. And I can see, you know, like I, I, I thought I knew what that meant. Um, I, I guess, you know, obviously with the benefit of hindsight, I, I did not know what that meant. Uh, I was just going to say, how wild is that with the benefit of hindsight? Yeah, it is wild. Um, it is wild. And there are, a f- there are a few moments, you know, I posted, when I posted on LinkedIn, I said, I've, unsurprisingly, I have a list of things that sort of led me to this. And that's on the list. That's number two. Um, the, the, the idea that like there was some divine intervention that like has brought all of these component parts together. Um, that, that's on the list. That's num- actually, that's number three. Um, you know, we, I've talked about on here, my grandmother passing. And so the passing of my grandmother, uh, recently, like not even recently, it was months ago, it feels recently, but sort of brought some clarity to the, uh, reevaluation of the things that are really important in your life. Right. And, and, uh, if, if we're all going to end up in the same spot, uh, from a worldly perspective, you know, you, you are remiss to not emphasize the things that are most important on your, while you're here. And so, that coupled with, you know, just, there's a litany of things. And I, if, if you're interested in the collective you, I mean, I mean, like I said, on my LinkedIn post, I would love to sit down and like share all of them with you. It's probably too lengthy for us to fully unpack here, but man, it was a lot of things lined up, a lot of conversations lined up, a lot of data points lined up, uh, in a way that it really made the conversation and really made the, the decision super easy, which is kind of a quirky idea, right? But, um, whenever Ashley and I started talking about it, uh, this was, I can't remember the timeline clearly, but, um, Daniel and I had, I think lunch, uh, what's that, what's the place right here close to Texo that we go to sometimes like the, is it called the wild Turkey? Is that what it's called right down the street here? No idea. No idea. Well, we had lunch there. I don't know why we were both in the, around Texo, but we had lunch there and I called Ashley or actually talking about it on the evening. Uh, so, Hey, you had lunch with Daniel today. You're never going to believe the conversation that we had. And she was just like, yeah, you should do that immediately. Yeah, and it was just that's another data point where you're just like okay, like and that, I, and the, I and that began the you. beginning of breaking down your high D, the highest of D's. <laughs> uh, yes. I remember you saying, "Not one person has told me no yet." What do you think about that? I'm like, "What do you mean? What do I think about that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So if you're if you're keeping score on how many of um how many of the twelve I've talked about here, that's one of them too. Number six, no one said it was a bad idea. Um, that's that's another one, and so yeah. yeah, just all the data points led to um, this, right? And I'm at, at at the time of recording about one weekend, but I'm mean, at the time of recording about thirty six hours in to my <laughs> new job, <laughs> but um, at the time of this being posted, about a weekend, and I can tell you, even within the first thirty six hours, like, yeah, I the, exactly the reason why 
this was a great fit for me has, has come to fruition three or four times where I'm like, oh yeah, this, this is how that plays out. I understand this. Here's this, here's how you solve it. And boop, boop. And, and off we go. Um, yeah, I can write that email. Let me, let me look at the contract. Just these, these skills that, um, have a ton of value for a company, but not a ton of value at a law firm, right? Because, uh, that's those conversations to be able to see, or that ability to be able to see clearly through the problem and the conversations to help navigate it effectively avoid the need for outside counsel. And so, and I think sometimes I take it for granted how inner circle I am with your life. So like just backing up, like the big shift is this just isn't another job, right? This is going from private practice to being uh, in-house counsel for a trade partner, a subcontractor. Correct. And so like, and so like, what, what was your hurdles, obstacles, hesitation that required a leap of faith to get on the other side? And I think, uh, I think the biggest hurdle, I don't, I don't know if the, maybe it's not the biggest and maybe hurdle is not the right word, but, um, cognitive challenge was the idea of like letting go of the identity of who I was, am, was, right. It's just like, I can remember this moment. I probably have shared this story with you, but I likened it to this moment when I realized that like my competitive basketball career was over. It ended at high school. Right. But like it was over. Like I wasn't going to go play in a game that was refereed for a district title again. Like there was no, there's no trophies and anything like it's over. And for a, a long period of my life, seven, eight, nine years at that time was a half of my life had been identified by like when I walked the halls of the high school, I was the, I was the varsity basketball player. Right. And then in these moments, as it all wound down, it, it was gone. And I had the thought of, and this is 18 year old me processing this thought of like, without that, who am I, you know? And there's been a couple of moments like that, but this was definitely felt like that moment where I had to wrestle with like, well, without, you know, the billable hours and without the clients and without, you know, navigating the waters of a firm and without, well, that's what I've been doing for 18 years, mm -hmm. right? W without doing that, I mean, that's when Tim Rothberg and I met in 2000, in the year 2000 on campus at uh, Houston Baptist University, we were enrolled in a, enrolled in a pre-law program and going to law school to try lawsuits. Like that's what I embarked on 22 years ago. And over half of my life later, I'm, I'm letting go of it. Right. And that was a, that was a big hurdle, man. It was a big, like, am I willing to let this, what I've clasped to so strongly as my identity professionally, let that go. Um, and through lots of conversation and, you know, bringing circles of folks around and, and reflective, meditative, prayerful time, journaling like crazy, man. Um, it just became a conversation and an idea that was like, yeah, that's, that's prideful. That's selfish. That's, you know, and it, it became eventually, uh, something that I, I was willing and willingly letting go of, but, uh, that was the biggest, that was the biggest wrestle is getting through that idea. What I, what I like is something that you brought up earlier, uh, just a few minutes ago is, you get to switch from reactive to proactive. I mean, from our side, any contractor, everything you're dealing with is reactive. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. It's all you're stepping in when reactive is at its peak or about to be at its peak. Uh, that shift to the basketball analogy, playing offense. You get to play offense now instead of full-time mm -hmm. defense. Right. Like, what specifically about that gets you amped up? Because like, I know it would amp me up if I went from nothing from defense to offense. 
Well, I, I can fully, like fully appreciate the value of outside counsel. It is, as people have often told me, it is a necessary evil. Yeah, right? for Every sure. Every once in a while, you find yourself in a spot where you need, you can't solve the problem anymore. You have to have outside counsel. So I, I fully appreciate the value of that. But I also have learned to appreciate that it is an enormous distraction from the business that's being run. And and so, you know, one of my, and I, I use this word a lot lately, but one of my superpowers is having acknowledged that on the outside is that my life, my existence, my job, my profession, what puts food on the table at my house is a distraction from your business. And it found a really safe space to be able to like interface with clients in a way that was um, understood that and understood that my goal as a lawyer had to be uniquely aligned to your goals as a business operator or business owner. Um, That's not always the model for lawyers. Lots of times lawyers, and this is not throwing a stone at anybody, I think this is just because of the way we are trained to think and process. Um, Once the problem is delivered over to me, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go run with it and solve it. And oftentimes that is that becomes deaf to why it matters, the timing of particular things, how um, communications are made and received, all, all this sort of stuff, right? And so I've I've had um, the the privilege of representing my friends for years and gotten tons of feedback from them over those years about, um, you know, this is a distraction or at, at this time of the day I can't focus on it or I don't know how to do that. You're sending me emails. I don't even know what they mean to help you know, sort of get closer to being like a true trusted advisor to clients. Um, and so I, I say all that to kind of say that um, the value of then turning that internally uh, and turning turning all that internally and avoiding all of those things, um, I can I can appreciate even more acutely how if we can avoid it in the first place, and help keep the business on the rails, right? In, in terms of like just chasing the primary goal, um, how much of a value add that is to a business. And so I can, I don't have to always talk. The business has run for decades without me there, but I can also see, uh oh, like we're veering right, boop, and just tip us back to the left just a little bit, or, or in, in in this in some instances, like I have. 18 years of seeing all the worst things happen. And I come at them from a perspective of having to solve those problems when they get to me. But through the process of solving those problems when they got to me, I figured out how they got to become problems in the first place. Okay. So let's go into that a little bit, like genuine curiosity, because as an operator for me, like I, I can appreciate the value of having somebody see an angle that I'm not seeing. Totally. Yeah, I need, sure. I need, pe- I need to be surrounded by people that do that in, in all facets of the business. But as an operator of construction projects, like what angle is that proactively that you're coming and saying, Hey, Kev, like we need to address this soon or X. Like, do you have an example off the top of your head? I don't know if I have an example off the top of my head that it addresses that specific concern, but let me, I'll take a step back and, and, give a bigger answer. It's the exact answer that I gave back in mid COVID when you asked me to come speak to your project team. It is proactive, clear communication. Yeah. Um, we are an industry of busy people doing like really important things that have really grave consequences. And oftentimes, I mean, sometimes actual grave consequences, right? Like there are people doing very dangerous things every day. Um, and, 
not communicating clearly causes about 80 to 85% of lawsuits. It's just the, that's just the answer. And so, um, I think that I can, I can see those miscommunications, lack of communications or, or, or you know, non-communication, I guess the same thing happening reactively now or not reactively now, proactively now and say, Hey, have we, have we, have we told them that? Have we, let me look at that. Like, is that clear? It, let me have an under, greater understanding of like what led us to this point, because I, I might be able to say what led us to this point was actually seven emails ago whenever you said X, but I see why he thought it meant why and we got off on a two separate tracks and nobody even knows it yeah right like that communication train like left the station and they went in two different directions and, and nobody even knows it and there's times when emotion probably shouldn't even be in there it's just fact no opinion no emotion it's like here's some factual data on why mm-hmm. this job's delayed yeah well and i can also the benefit of that idea that communication is king you know, I can sit oftentimes in the seat of the recipient and say, okay, hold on a second. What, what's driving their decision-making process? What sort of things do I need to communicate clearly to them in order to help them understand where I'm coming from and then help it enhance or advance their prop value proposition too, as opposed to just like having a real myopic approach, looking at only what's on my screen, right? I can see what's on your screen too, so to speak. And say, okay, here's how we navigate this issue in a way that you get that email, you and you think, oh, it's a great idea, and I send it, and 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 I, and I know that the solution is a great idea. Like I can see those things. Yeah. And I know that's I'm horn tooting a little bit, um, but I have learned over the last five years, like I'm pretty good at that. I'm pretty good at being able to see what actually is a win-win, and what actually does get as as uh, Ian will laugh when he's listening, but what actually does get the plane landed. Yeah. With having killed as few as few people as possible. Right. Like that's the thing we used to say at the firm is like the plane is on fire. It's in the air and it's our job to get it on the ground with as many as few casualties as possible. I can do that. I can do that. So squirrel moment. Does that mean since you're no longer my attorney that I can burn, quote unquote, do nothing to the ground? And not have to follow that advice anymore. Yeah, you can do whatever you your want. Your point now. that yeah. was always your, you know, to land the plane. Like, eh, Kev, you know, this one's probably not worth it. Do yeah. nothing. I think yeah. do nothing is your selection. Uh, do nothing is still always the the first option, whether it's a good one or not. It's that's a different question, but it is it is the first option. There's um, no middle ground. It's either do nothing or FAFO. Like, there's no. <laughs> You know, it's funny because in all of my uh, journaling over these last months, trying to like get my mind around a bunch of like moving parts uh both in terms of the transition to osborne but just in terms of like resetting and realigning what's going on in my brain and what's going on in my life um i wrote that down right i wrote down that like historically i operate at 100 or zero i'm either on or off i got two speeds you know all in or all out um and i have learned over the last few years that that is that is a problem right like i've worn that as a um a badge of honor some sort of like that's how I roll. Like I'm either eh, leave me alone or I'm going to burn you down. Um, boy, that's, that is, that is un- unchecked. That is a destructive pattern. And it has proved to be a destructive pattern for me in terms of like, I get all in on a lot of stuff and I get my throttle or, uh, I get my, uh, the throttle stuck. The revs won't come down because I'm all in on a bunch of stuff. And I've thought, you know, talked, reflected, prayed, journaled, re-reflected, re-read, looked back at stuff from years ago where I'm like, man, I was doing it there too. Like I didn't know it, but I can reread those words now and know that like the, the accelerator pedal was stuck. 
Yeah. And and I couldn't figure out how to break it loose. Um, and I figured that out over time and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, kind of to your point, it's either do nothing or FAFO. Uh, well, there's some gray uh, in there, too, from time to time. And sometimes a gray option is the right option. For sure, man. Well, there's I know everything, and you shared a lot about what you're excited about. And it's too early to tell what's going well, right? We're ju- yeah. You're just getting started. But what scares you? What scares you about the opportunity? Uh, man, I know this is going to sound hokey, like it, like the marketing team got a hold of my podcast for today. But the answer, honestly, in all honesty, is nothing. Um, I go into an opportunity at Osborne knowing tons of people, right? Like knowing tons of the folks over there. Um, some of them I've known, like Daniel, I've known since early, early YCC. We've been friends for a long time. Uh, we've been in peer groups together. We know everything about each other. Uh, what makes you tick? What doesn't make you tick? How do you get motivated? What are your communication deficiencies? Blah, blah, blah. We know all of these things um, through most of their leadership team. And then even sort of like down a little further from like the top brass, all of the guys over there I've met over the years, I know them. Um, and so I go into it like without any hesitation or trepidation. It's it's a fully like eyes wide open. I know all those people. Um, and it makes it I know people say don't do business with your friends. I don't know if that means don't work with your friends. But, um, man, it just makes it really easy, inviting, encouraging, opportunistic. It's not probably the right word there, but just like, I don't know, day one with Daniel. I was just like, hey, man, just so you know, like, I'm going to call you to be greater. And it's going to burn sometimes. And he was like, yeah, me too. I was like, cool, let's do this. Yeah. Um, it's, there's, it's not, it's all in the interest of, like, personal and professional and family and betterment and not mad at you but I know you and you know me and you just need to know that like I'm going to hold you accountable to all of the things just like we have been doing for ever um but I'm not worried about any of that stuff you know yeah you know several people's heart going into day one there's no dangled carrot um they got scripture up on the walls you know their value goes much beyond concrete and construction oh yeah there's a lot of benefit in that yep and sure. your personality profile the high d the highest of d's like <laughs> once you cross over like there's really not much else to be scared of because you already worked through all those traps i already worked through them all yeah, me i've jumped in and then it's like and then what <laughs> what's coming yeah what's coming i mean i guess like if i had to talk again 36 hours but i've done osborne's legal work for years um there are a lot of industry challenges that that they're dealing with right like just like everyone else prices are skyrocketing there's lots of market volatility around you know commodities and this sort of thing um so those issues we will wrestle with just like everyone else it i've already seen all of it i've I've seen it across all of the different clients that i've represented both in terms of owners and gcs and subs over these last few years so I, I've seen all of it. Um, and in fact, today I was able to like cross pollinate an idea that I'd use for another client at the firm. It's like, Hey, have y'all thought about this? What are, let's, and so it's, uh, having seen a wide variety of it, even through this like sort of volatile post pandemic, uh, supply chain crisis, I, I think will probably prove to be helpful in terms of helping us all navigate through it, you know? Well, and I think the, the thing that really crossed you over to the other side was Remington swag closet. I think that's oh, what got you. Yeah, I went in on. Uh, I took a week off. Man, I guess I guess I was unemployed. I, I didn't take a week off. There was nothing to take a week off from. But um, on my week off or, or slash being unemployed, I went up to the office just to check in. And 
ran around to the corner where, where uh, Rem's office is, and I opened the door, and I was like, all right, man, give me all your quarter zips. He, <laughs> he actually, I have one on today. He actually had a box. He was like, dude, I got you a quarter zip for every day. And he had a box already jammed in there with all oh. the swag, and I was like, man, that is my love language. This is yes. all, this is great. <laughs> you are my so, best friend. Yes, 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 yes. So shout out to Rem because he's got a full closet full of awesome swag stuff for me. Well, I mean, for everybody, but for me. Right. Yeah. Well, man, I'm excited to see these next 30, 60, 90, six months, 12 months in. We get to look back in and break some of these things down that you're learning. And the biggest thing, man, is I'm happy for you and I'm proud of you. Um, I know you're going to do great things over there. I know this is going to positively impact your family and your faith and your energy and everything else, man. So, again, proud of you. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I, I will. Um, I'll tell another story on the way out here, and I, I mean this. Like, at the, I'm, I'm not leaving the firm. Like, on any bad terms. It's a great place. It's got great people. In fact, Ian and Barry, uh, Dennis down in Houston, uh, Rothberg. Uh, they are, it's odd because all of a sudden, like they're my lawyers, right? Like they are outside counsel for us still. And so, uh, they're good dudes over there. And when I left, I, I sent this email out that Tim immediately flamed, but like to the, <laughs> to by the, the way, yeah. I love Tim Rothberg. He's, the yeah, best. I, he's Tim and I go way back, man. But, um, just like telling, I, I told this story about how I kind of, I remember uh, there was a phase of my life where we were living with my grandparents and, um, we had borrowed, I don't know why, but we had borrowed someone's pickup truck to go uh, fill it full of firewood, kind of as the winter got here. They had this, like, uh, insert in the fireplace. It just consumed firewood. Uh, so we went and filled up this the bed of this three-quarter ton beige Chevy pickup truck with firewood. And it brought it back to my grandparents' house, unloaded it, stacked the wood up underneath their carport. And then we went to take the truck back. And uh, my grandma was with us and we went into town and like hosed the truck off, right? Like in the, you know, like the old car wash where you get like put quarters in and the mm-hmm. wanded off, right? Wanded off, um, filled it up with gas, took it back to the dude we had borrowed it from. And I was just, is it like a 12 year old or how old I was? I was like, this is stupid. Like, just take it back. Right. And I remember her saying to me, like, you always re- return things in a better condition than you found them. And I was like, Ooh, that's stupid. You know? <laughs> uh, but like, that story is like really stuck with me over 30 years. I mean, I'm about to be 44. So over the last however many years. And, um, I hope that's what happened at the firm. Like, I hope that I took it to the car wash and cleaned it up and just left it full of gas. Uh, and that the place is a little nicer, a little better, a little friendlier, whatever, uh, than it was when I found it because there's great people over there. They're doing great work. And, um, so my friends over there still too. So kind of cool. Like I, I emailed Barry yesterday. I was like, Hey, uh, could we grab lunch? I'd like to have an update on the status of the pending Osborne matters that you're working on for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Move good, it. yeah, good folks, man. So no hard feelings leaving the firm. Uh, this is not about that. Uh, as I, as I said a few times, I'm not running, uh, from anything, just running to something, you know, so for sure. April sprints, Bristol nugget right there. Is that from April, man? I've yeah. I've lost track of where we've put all of these like nuggets of genius into our brains. Um, but is that an Aprilism? At least for me, it is. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Yeah. So that's it, man. That's a short update on uh, basically two years of me thinking through. Well, actually, probably not two years of thinking through, right? Because I told Daniel no for two better part of a year and a half or so. But um, anyway, just a big life change. Um, headed the other direction for work. That's a funny thing. I'm not going towards downtown anymore i'm headed towards plano um but uh different direction literally and figuratively 
uh, but still doing the same thing and looking forward to whatever the next season and chapter looks like in terms of uh, helping those guys out. So, Welcome to the dark side, brother. <laughs> I've gotten that one a few times. Uh, I think Brian Lee hit me with a welcome to the dark side. Uh, man, it's been a lot of like really interesting valuable sentimental feedback both in terms of like when I posted on LinkedIn and left the firm and uh just nice notes and folks reaching out to just say thanks or nice work or this sort of thing and so it's been um I don't know kind of a weird reflective week of uh closing that book down and or closing that chapter down and opening up the new one man so very very excited for sure man well again proud of you and looking forward to see all you do over there thanks man